As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think my my favorite Eddie is the one where uh, it's the it's the the blonde. It's the it's the Eddie that's got like the really the face that's really kind of sunken and looks like it, it just walked out of a, a graveyard with the the long blonde hair. Where um uh it's on it's on a lot of the books. It's a big Trump supporter. That that one that um. Oh well. I- I, I no, I think uh, I don't know. Maybe he had too much uh, trooper beer. I think you're thinking of Ann Coulter. Oh, oh! It's showtime, folks. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this is Mal I switch positions a lot. You're bound to learn a few new tricks. Welcome, welcome everybody. Troopers, calling you up to the irons of the rock more. I am your host for this climb. We're paying tribute to the four career-defining songs of Iron Maiden. They have become utterly synonymous, perhaps even more so than like the Metallicas or the Judas Priests or the, the Black Sabbaths out there with heavy metal. These guys have really taken it to another level. They they are one of the first that you will ever think of when you're thinking of the words heavy metal in general. And I'm not alone in our climb today. Today, Mount Rockmore goes international, folks. Today, I, I don't know what the Canadian equivalent is of Mount Rushmore up there, but here to try and explain it to us, self-focused Americans, please welcome from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, our neighbors to the north, uh, from CKLW, Morning Drive with Mike and Lisa, Mike Kaycock. Mike, how are you, sir? My Bauer. Yes. I am honored and pleasured to be here. I can't I can't believe I'm on the podcast that I listen to like on a weekly basis or <laughs> you know, whenever you get around to posting. It. Right, yeah, that's usually how it works for us here. Do is there a we've got the Mount Rushmore down here, which according to President Trump he belongs on, but is there an equivalent up there in Canada? Is there something like that where you you kinda like is there an ice sculpture? I don't know. <laughs> That's that's a good call. You would think there would be an ice sculpture, but no, the, I, we really don't. We got some statues. Uh, like there's not there's not an ice sculpture with like Getty Lee on it for starters, and we just kind of go. That's we should do more of that. 
Yeah, you know what? If I looked and I searched somewhere in Winnipeg or, or Manitoba or out west somewhere from where we are, I bet you there is like an ice sculpture park of Canadian royalty, including <laughs> Getty Lee and maybe Brian Adams right. and whoever else. But to Canadian things up to today, uh, Mike, uh, I, I I brought I got my Tim Hortons also. Oh, nice! Look at that! That is fantastic. Uh, I I uh, have not yet since I've moved to Texas here. I have not yet found Labatt's Blue. Otherwise, I would be toasting you with that here today. So uh, we Very got this nice. going on. Now listen, tell me. Let's talk a little bit about. While technically we've known each other for a little bit doing radio here, I call your radio show. We talk news on the morning drive with Mike and Lisa. Uh, you actually and I worked at the same place at one point in time. Not necessarily the same time though, right? Mike. Yeah, that's right. It, it's you know, it's weird how radio lives connect when, and, and what happens. And it was uh, WDFN in Detroit mm -hmm. where I, I was an intern uh, for a few months a long time ago. Yes, that's for sure. And you were there a little long ago. Yeah, but, you know uh, what it is. And let yeah. me tell you this: this was as we're radio. as we're sitting here today recording this. It was uh, 19 years ago that I was at WDFN when 9-11 happened. And I, I, was, I remember doing the show the night before, and my wife's a makeup artist, so when I got up the next morning, I was listening to Howard Stern and uh, was making breakfast and was hearing about this plane crashing into a tower and was going, oh my God, that's insane. So I'm texting. And yes, by the way, there was texting back in 2001, in case people didn't know. I was texting my wife, and she was on the shoot. I called her, and we started talking on the phone, except we weren't talking. We were just, she was in a car at the shoot listening to what was happening. I was at the house watching it on TV, what was happening with 9 11. We weren't talking to each other. We were just listening to the broadcast that we were each listening to. That happened while I was at DFN, and shortly thereafter, is when DFN, and frankly, the company, ended up shutting down a bunch of the shows, and I was out of work there. But that I was there for the entirety of 10 months at WDFN, uh, right around that time. And that was, that I love, absolutely love Detroit. Absolutely love DFN. And and I can see, as I can actually see you on the on this podcast, yeah. your uh, Detroit Tiger Old English D hat, great yeah. lid. Yeah, and you've got it all behind you, which I appreciate as well. So we are uh, kindred spirits here, uh, both realizing that as football season's about to kick off, we don't know what's going to happen with the Lions. And like all Lions fans, you know, you hope for an 8-8 eight eight season. we do, actually. I think we do <laughs> know what's going to happen with the Lions. <laughs> Listen, we were both there supporting them in the 0-16 season. We always kind of know a little, don't we? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, can I say one thing Please. before uh, we, we get we get underway? I want I want everybody to know that if they want to listen and subscribe or just listen in, on their smart speaker to, yes. uh, to Mount Rockmore, ask Alexa to play Mount Rockmore on TuneIn, and it'll play it faster than Iron Maiden goes through band members. <laughs> They've, they've had quite that? a few. That was good. That was solid. I like that. Thank you. That was Thank good. You. Yeah, and I've keep been in mind that all morning. Look at we have had. I have had uh, last week. I slapped on the Rocky Horror Picture Show makeup and brought a Twisted Sister uh, Mount Rushmore treatment. Also, my six-year-old daughter who sat here with me as I was going through the old Twisted Sister videos. 
uh, and and doing the uh, I've got a right mind to slap your fat face, all of that stuff. She loves it now. She's been wanting all week long. Can you play another one of those Twisted Sister videos? She goes up into her room and on Google on the Google Home, she will play Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it just to be able to hear it. So um, we've got all of that for you available on the Mount Rockmore's of the past. Now let's go for clear the air on this here, Mike. There is no evidence that Iron Maidens were invented in the Middle Ages or ever used for torture. There is no proof that there was ever an existence of an Iron Maiden torture device, that it's actually a misrepresentation of a torture device that the Germans used called the Schnodmantel. And the Schnodmantel was a barrel of shame. That's what it means, a barrel of shame. And the barrels, they would wrap you around, they'd wrap the barrel around you or they'd put you in the middle of the barrel as sort of a humiliating punishment. Now, what they started to do is take those barrels and then in the 18th century, they started putting them together so that they look like these incredibly spectacular objects intended for exhibition. But there's never any proof that anybody ever used an Iron Maiden to torture anybody with. I just wanted to get that out there early. Well, un- un- unless, you know, ki- kids of the uh, the 80s played this at loud music, <laughs> you know, loud Iron Maiden on their speakers in the, from their Trans Ams and, and bugged their parents right. in their neighborhood. That right. might be considered a torture device. Sure, that's a very good point. But but as far as the pokey parts go, I'm going to say, you know, we'll keep that portion away from the torture here. So let's get aboard Ed Force One, which is the Iron Maiden uh, 747 that they actually do have and that Bruce Dickinson flies. He is actually a pilot. Uh, and he, is, he flies that plane to take them on tours all across the globe. So let's climb aboard the flight here. And I'm fully aware that all of the, all of the troopers out there who say, you guys don't get my band, Maiden Rocks, you don't get Maiden. I know that I'm not going to be able to please all of you. Mike's not going to be able to please all of you. But after you know, 45 years, uh, these rockers have come together. Back at Christmas Day, 1975, from their 1980s self-titled debut to 2015's Book of Souls, th- there's no debate. You get a play-in if you're Iron Maiden here. There's, they have earned that right. And as you pointed out aptly, Mike, they've gone through a number of bandmates. I think they have three lead guitarists in the band now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's crazy reading some of the history of of the band to see like just the drama unfold. Yeah. The band members that come and go and then come back again. It's just it's it's mind boggling to think a band with this much drama and that goes through this many changes can still sustain sustain success for that long. Yeah, and and who'd have thought that being an Iron Maiden uh, would have more uh, uh, make you feel more secure in your job than radio. 
Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> who, who had any idea? <laughs> All right. Well, listen, since you get a play in and you're Iron Maiden, uh, I think there's a couple of directions you could go. And trust me when I say this, there are so many songs. You were telling me about this earlier, Mike. There's so many songs that you go through for Maiden and you go... We can't put all of them. We can only have four to put on a Mount Rockmore of Maiden. What do we choose? What gets left off? So this is one of those ones that almost made it. Could have been right there. And it by far is one of the more popular Maiden songs. Uh, it's one of the ones that that when you take a look at what defines that band, and if you name, I could name like three or four Maiden songs, this one I guarantee would be at the top of everybody's list. So as we get ready, and we haven't even started carving yet, Mike, so keep keep the chisel to yourself for right now. We're going to do a play-in simply. Get your, I would say this, though. Stretch out. Get your quad stretched. Maybe uh, uh, make sure the uh, the Achilles heel is nice and loose right now because it's going to be a quick run for you. As we kick off the Iron Maiden, Mount Rockmore, with the play-in of Run to the Hills. Metal hands up, everybody. Get your metal horns up. It's Run to the Hills here on the Mount Rockmore of Iron Maiden.
And that, my friends, is how you start off a Mount Rockmore. Mike, Iron Maiden, Run to the Hills, where do we go from here? We haven't even started carving. Where do we go? Like, that's such a key song in their repertoire. It is. And like we said kind of at the beginning, there's so much to get to. There's so many legendary songs. And, and to me, the thing that you think about with that song and a lot of the Iron Maiden songs is the opening guitar riffs and how legendary they are and how they just like kind of they kind of get you. You kind of feel it in your gut when 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 an Iron Maiden song starts up and you first hear those guitar riffs. I mean, what else could pump you up more? Maybe and maybe going back, the Lions could use the, some Iron Maiden before <laughs> they hit the field to, to fire them up. Yes, yes, because I'll say this too. And I, that's one thing about Maiden is that while they've got the, the heavy-duty guitar riffs, right, some amazing licks, and we'll hear more of those here, um, that incredible bass playing that they've had, the the drums that might kick in to start a song off, like they they had an edge to them that you, the opening notes, whatever they may be, drums, guitar, bass, you were like, that's a Maiden song, and you knew it very clearly. There are plenty of bands that you can listen to. Is that the Stones? Is that Creedence Clearwater Revival? Maiden, boom, you knew it on the opening notes that it was them, and you knew it was going to be loud and aggressive in a mere moment. Aggressive in a mere moment. Yeah, there's a few bands like that. Like, I know you did a few weeks ago on Mount Rockmore, uh, ACDC. Yes. I mean, you know an ACDC tune, a riff from Angus Young, uh, the vocals from Brian Johnson. As soon as you hear it, I mean, you know it's ACDC. You know, Metallica, I think, has their their unique sound where you know it's a Metallica song. And, yeah, I think you put Iron Maiden in that list, too. Most certainly. All right, so... Here is, we're going to be carving the first one in, ready to go here. I will say this, just based upon the title of the song, and I know you have, uh, you've got some great songs you want to choose here as well. This, to me, was one of those things that when you go back into these, these rock bands in the 80s, remember, and last week when I was talking about Twisted Sister, we had the PMRC, and you had everybody who was coming down hard on rock bands because they were satanic verses that were in there, you know, playing the record backwards or backward messaging or backward masking. This is one of those ones where the satanic imagery certainly invoked a lot of religious groups to really hate Iron Maiden, both sides of the Atlantic. I mean, it doesn't get much more satanic sounding or occult sounding than number of the beast right and when you've got this creepy opening to it with the the almost vincent price guy trying to talk tell you about the number of the beast and this all comes back the song was merely recalling a dream that steve in the band had while watching uh the 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 horror sequel damien omen 2 so he watched the movie saw that had a dream about it and started writing this song putting it together this has got to be what i think starts off the mount rockmore carving of iron maiden perhaps the ultimate maiden song came out in 82 turned more than a few heads made instant fans for the band and this goes to the number one carving here we go here we go. 666. 666. The number of the beast from number Iron Maiden. Song number one on the Mount Rockmore of Iron Maiden. Let him who hath understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. Its number is 666. I left alone. My mind was blank. I needed time to think to get the memories from my mind. What did I see? Can I believe that what I saw that night was real and not just fantasy? 
Maybe a little bit. 
Here's what's interesting. Music press reports, Mike, told stories of these unexplained phenomena occurring during the sessions for recording Number of the Beast. Like lights turning on and off at their own accord. Recording gear mysteriously breaking down. Uh, Also, one of the producers of the record was involved in a car accident with a minibus transporting, get ready for this, a group of nuns. And... And get hold on, that's that's like this is out of Ghost Adventures or something. At the end of it, when he was presented with a bill, a repair bill for that bus, you know how much it cost? How much it Six hundred sixty-six dollars. You're making that up. Swear to God, that is at least the reports that came out, the music press reports from the production of Number of the Beast. Now listen, it could have just been all lore to try to get people to buy some records, but that's an awful lot of coincidence. That's throwing a lot into a, one story. Like I gotta believe a portion of that is at least true. That's that's crazy. That's, that's insane. Yeah, it's all part of the lore of uh, of Iron Maiden. Yeah, and, and you know it's it's that, that that's crazy. And you know it's funny. And this will go to one of the songs that I chose for my uh, Mount Rockmore. You mentioned some of the religious groups and stuff like yeah. that. I do remember on in Catholic high school here, wearing uniforms, going to a Holy Names Catholic High School in Windsor. We would have dress down days. I remember one person showing up in an Iron Maiden T-shirt, nice. with Eddie on the front. They were asked to uh, change. <laughs> were, the home, change were they escorted? Were they escorted out of the Catholic building? Yeah, that's. I imagine <laughs> that that probably happened. More than a few times to people like first of all, there are shirts you can get away with, band shirts you could probably get away with pretty easily and not have it be an issue. You got Eddie on your shirt at school, you draw attention to yourself. Yeah, particularly at the Catholic high school, it's uh, it's, it's, it's kind of frowned upon. I imagine this is uh, what's with the Walking Dead kid on your shirt. What's up with that? Uh, now, by the Maybe way, they knew about the the nuns in, in the story there, transporting the nuns, and they didn't like that. For the record, that wasn't you. That didn't happen to you, correct? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You were no, not the kid no, in the Iron no, Maiden shirt. Me. Okay, good. Good. No. I wanted to make sure. Uh, on the way, what makes the singer for Iron Maiden so special anyway? Why do all the girls seem to go nuts for him? And what made Maiden the wedding singer? That's all coming up next here on the Iron Maiden Mount Rockmore. This is the 
This is this is a clearly clearly not metrosexual moment in history. Upside down Van Gogh in Ontario, Canada. A teenage boy was snowmobiling at night in negative twenty degrees when he saw the perfect spot to spray paint on the side of a bridge. Young Van Gogh grabbed his paint, tied a rope around his waist, and rappelled off the side of the bridge. Hell yeah! You know what else is manly? Not thinking shit through. A thing called gravity flipped Van Gogh upside down. But did he yell for help like a pansy? No. He tried to wiggle out of the rope by taking off his clothes, but it didn't work, and he was left hanging there like a bad gay magician at an inappropriate children's birthday party. Finally, some good Samaritans stopped him and called the cops and the local newspaper. Van Gogh was soon an upside-down naked celebrity, one that had parts of his body turning blue, parts that shouldn't turn blue. The real Van Gogh may have been dumb enough to chop his ear off, but he never thought of hanging naked from a bridge in negative 20. Screw extreme sports for a real thrill for extreme stupidity. This has been Lee Camp. For more funny crap, check out LeeCamp.net. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mal Great what kind of radio show is this? Welcome back to the Mount Rockmore podcast. If what we're doing here makes you feel this good. Yes. Yeah. All right. Listen, you're getting a little redundant there. Yes. If it's making you feel that good, then please check out our website, thebowershow.com. Follow us on Twitter. Give us a rating. Give us a review. One to five stars. That's my brother north of the border, Mike Kaycock from CKLW, 800 AM in Windsor, Ontario, uh, where the Labatt's usually flows like a river. Is it, uh, is it season for Labatt's right now, Mike? It always is season for uh, Labatt's, uh, Molson, yeah. uh, whatever you want here. I mean, Canadian beer, legendary. So, yeah, you got to make your way up here whenever this pandemic, COVID-19, border yeah. restrictions are done, and we got to get you here to Windsor. You're like... To, to us with your, you know, being on the show so much and getting to know you over the last year or so, we made you like an honorary Canadian citizen. Nice. So I, I think you should be able to travel through the border. There All should right. be restrictions lifted for honorary citizens like Bauer. I will be uh, awaiting my key uh, from your prime minister there. But look, here's the point. I want to bring this up. Give me, you need to give me some uh, input. It's been a long time since I've stepped foot in the Motor City. There's, is there an excitement about the Lions this season so far, Mike? So far, Mike? Yeah, there's always excitement uh, for the Lions uh, every single year, every <laughs> August. Usually it, it coincides with the preseason. And, oh, my God, look how good on Johnson worked right. on his two carries of the whole preseason. <laughs> right. I think he's going to stay healthy this year. You know, we're going to have a great running game. Oh, my God, Adrian Peterson's in the lineup now. He's one of the best of all time. Yeah, he's 35. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know he'll, he'll, he'll give you a few tough yards, but right. let's all relax. This is the Lions. There is a phrase around here, as you know. No SOL, same old Lions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And as a very jaded Lions fan in my 40s now, who have been watching this team since the Billy Sims days, oh, yes. I kind of know what to expect. You know, even 10 years ago, I still had hope. You know, I was I was around and I was a teenager for the big playoff win. Yes, there's been one playoff win in my lifetime and most of our lifetimes against Dallas back in January of 92, when they actually had a really talented team. And I think, you know, God love them. What a character. Not the greatest football coach in Wayne Fonts. <laughs> if they would have have had a good coach back then with the talent of Herman Moore and Barry yes. Sanders and Chris Spielman and Benny Blades, uh, you know, Jerry Ball stuffing up the middle. 
then maybe we would have more playoff wins. Yeah, yeah. And look, not for nothing because there have been plenty of talented players that have made their way through Detroit, but at the end of the year, we're all kind of going, you know, eight and eight would be nice. I mean, we'd love a 10 win season, but I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with an eight and eight. I'm not predicting anything more than that right now. Uh, but that's exactly where I'd like to fall. But it's, it's nice to hear that there's some excitement. Anybody you know of that might want to buy my Ziggy Ansa jersey that I have that I was given as a gift? <laughs> what is that, 94? Yeah, 94. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's sure sitting in the closet doing somebody. nothing now. So, you know, because, you know, for people who don't know where, you know, you know, we explained it, but if you don't know where Windsor, it's like right on the border with Detroit, like, like you over the throw bridge, a football across the Detroit river yeah. and hit Hart Plaza in Detroit yeah. and almost hit Ford field where the lions play Comerica. You literally could have maybe hit, drove a golf ball. From I was going to say, front, depending on what iron you're using, you might be able to make it on the other side, right? That absolutely, you know, so be a good charity event to try to see, maybe get John Daly here nice. or something. What's he doing? You know, yeah, exactly. What is he up to these days? And we'll get him a little bat, <laughs> and I think he'd come here. You know, John, there's free beer on the other side. Go over there. Go over there. He'll be there in a heartbeat. Smokes and beer, he's there. Done. No problem. <laughs> All set. All right, so now uh, we are one song in. We've got three more songs to go here on the Mount Rockmore of Iron Maiden. Mike Kaycock is helping me out here. And Mike, where do you, what song do you bring to the table next we've got so far carved into the face number of the beast from iron maiden where do we go next wow okay well uh, i got my list and one of them on my list is uh and i don't know if you want to do this now or i think you're going to play it to wrap up the show two minutes to midnight is like i think my favorite iron maiden song i don't know why but it just is. Mm -hmm. And it, I think this goes back to high school, too, with the person that wore that Iron Maiden shirt to <laughs> high school. I believe they made a poster of some sort that that referenced Two Minutes to Midnight. It had a clock on it, and it was 11.58, yeah. and uh, that, that was frowned upon, too. Oh, my gosh. So much. If, yeah. it, if it carried anything with Eddie on it, I guess it was frowned upon most definitely at Catholic schools yes. here. Uh, yeah, that this is this is an Iron Maiden song that when you're talking about um, the the ultimate in sort of we talked earlier about how it could be a drum beat that kicks things off or that awesome rhythm section from the bass or in the case of just the guitars, this is a shredding song by all means for Iron Maiden. This is another one that you hear the first opening notes to it. Boom, you know exactly what it is. You know who it is. There's no doubt about it. This is not going to be mistaken for a Bon Jovi track. This is not in any way, shape, or group. Oh, what was that big hairband? No, no, no. You don't hear that when you hear a Maiden song from the very opening notes, and this is most definitely one. So, the second song we're carving into the face of the Iron Maiden Mount Rockmore is Two Minutes to Midnight. Get your timers ready, everybody. Two Minutes to Midnight here on Mount Rockmore.
as somebody who played guitar in in bands in high school and in uh, college, Mike, I only wished I could play half as good. Like if I got an acoustic guitar and I could strum a Beatles song out, I was thrilled. And there's no way I could play guitar like these dudes in Iron Maiden. And when you've got technically now three lead guitarists in that band, uh, how, how do they not come up with... Incre- I feel like each one of them has to try to outdo the other for creative metal sounds that they can bring in the tone of their guitar, but then also right to the music. Yeah, it's almost like there's a competition or something yeah. in there to say, okay, we're going to come up with something new, different, you know, with still having the Iron Maiden sound. Right. I know you play guitar. You acoustic lead uh, or bass? yeah, I was, I wasn't, I was not a good lead player. Anybody who was in my band could tell you that I was a great rhythm guitar player. I was a good rhythm guitar player. Uh, when we took the shift down, like you know, during. During those mid '90s kind of time frame, where you had like the acoustic, the unplugged version of everything, right? Uh, and we were picking up like Credence songs to play, or we were pulling, you know, like doing a, an unplugged Poison song or something. Uh, that would be where I was. That was my stronghold. Was bringing the acoustic guitar in and playing from there. Uh, outside of that, I was just the guy who sang in the band, and they did all of the hard work. That's how it kind of worked for me. Three chord Bauer. <laughs> That's that is it. I I was I made I'd make Angus Young proud. Let's put it that way. That's the way it worked. Yeah. Well, hey, John Mellencamp made a living out of that it. That is so, absolutely you know. right. You are a hundred percent spot on here. All right. So now <laughs> we're officially halfway through the Mount Rushmore of Maiden songs. But before we go any further, my friend, it's time, as you know, because you've listened to these before, it's time for an Iron Maiden today. You learnt. Today, today, today you know. Today, today, today you know. See, and even like that guy singing right there, he, I could kind of carry a, a British accent like I was a punk rocker or something. I, um, I was going to notice that, how appropriate for the Iron Maiden, yeah. Mount Rockmore, that there was a little little Britain there. A little Very bit. Nice. Uh, all right, so this is kind of like after-dinner trivia for those of you who are Maiden fans. Maybe you know some of this. Mike, maybe this is going to be news to you. We'll figure it all out as we go along. Today, you learned Iron Maiden lead singer Bruce Dickinson is considered a polymath at Intelligent Life magazine due to excelling in a wide variety of pursuits. He's a commercial airline pilot. He presented shows for radio and television, wrote novels, brews his own beer, and was once ranked seventh in Great Britain for fencing all of that from one dude like is there a woman on the face of the earth who's like yeah my boyfriend is the seventh in britain for fencing he also sings in this band but you wouldn't know him oh yeah and he flies planes (laughs) yeah and he does that too and and i read one of his books while i was on the plane he was flying this guy does everything, anything you could possibly imagine. And look, he teamed up with this brewery called Robinson's Brewery uh, there in England, and he, they created Trooper Ale, which was you know tied into the Trooper song from Iron Maiden. But it wasn't just, you know, in some of these cases, we've seen athletes, we've seen bands, we've seen all kinds of people that just put their name on the label or they just on some level, oh, yeah, well, I drink that on occasion, so go ahead and put my name to it. No, this is where Bruce Dickinson got involved with the brewing like a sorcerer over a magic cauldron, sat down and worked with the brewery to create uh, the Trooper the Trooper British beer, which is absolutely a fantastic ale. I've had it before. Uh, and this is, this is, if you've got a heavy metal spirit uh, and you're out of Labatt's Blue, then you definitely got to try Trooper Ale because it was literally created by Bruce Dickinson here. See, and this is why I uh, I, I have subscribed and I'm honored to be on this podcast, uh, Bauer, with you today because 
Like you just don't bring the info. You do your own research. You have tried this beer. Yes. From Bruce and uh, the Trooper beer in order to tell us, you know, this information. So you're just not reading Wikipedia. No, no it I mean, is. You, you are drinking the beer. You are making the sacrifice for your listeners, for your subscribers. What you said. It is a heavier Maybe. ale, but it is a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a British ale, so it's a heavier ale. Uh, it's got a sweetness and a little bit of a nuttiness to it, and I just keep thinking what it looked like with Bruce Dickinson and his bangs over that cauldron of beer as he's kind of stirring the pot up, and, oh, and it makes me feel like I'm that much closer to Eddie. That's that's what it does. All right. That's amazing. And do you have to drink it warm? Uh, I do not. I refuse to do that. I've only drank it cold. I can't drink the warm beer like that. That's a little too much for me. I'm not that kind of British. All right, here we go. Today you learned Bruce Dickinson, once again, uh, and his then solo band, when he was doing his solo thing away from Iron Maiden, drove through the front lines of war in Sarajevo during the Bosnian War. They were not protected. Bullets flying all around. They played a show for the people trapped in the city. And that's the kind of guy Bruce Dickinson is here. Come on. Uh, do you, would you, for a second, think of uh, John Popper from Blues Traveler going driving through any war zone at all? Ever. Never. Wow, random John Popper blue traveler <laughs> reference. That is a the first thing that nice. came to my mind for no apparent reason. Just thinking of people I would never think going through a war zone at all. Like Brett Michaels and John Popper would never go through a goddamn war zone in their life. There'd be no way. No. Unless Brett Michaels is not going through a war zone to bring us unskinny Bob to the un or, uh, unless, <laughs> unless there were a bunch of middle-aged, uh, relatively hot cat women on the other side of the border for, for, <laughs> for, for, for Brett Michaels to reach as he made his way through on the bus. That's the only way he'd do it. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's a good point. Wait, that's is that Lita Ford in leather pants with point. a cat? That's That's how he gets over there. That's how it works. All right, here we go. Today, you learned that rock band Iron Maiden went to a restaurant after a 1984 concert in Poland. They saw a wedding inside. After a chat, they took the wedding band's instruments and began playing for the night. So the guests had no idea at all until the groom saw that his wedding band had transferred into Iron Maiden. Now, if you think that's weird enough, hold on a second, because I actually have audio from that wedding where you hear this is about, wow. I think this, this looks like it's about the second song or so that was played by Maiden, but check this out because it's a combination of the guys in Maiden with the wedding band that was already there, and they're doing a song that you think about as like a punchline for a joke. Like when you walk into a guitar shop, this might be something that a, a guitarist, a wannabe guitarist would pick up and play because it's pretty common, but listen to Maiden playing this song. And wait till you wait till you hear Dickinson's vocals. Hang on, here it comes. Playing Smoke on the Water 
at a wedding that they just happened to show up at. Add that to your list, by the way, girlfriend, about, hey, why? what's so great about this Bruce Dickinson guy anyways? Driving through Sarajevo, uh, uh, taking people on a plane because he's also a swordsman. Oh, and by the way, uh, part-time sings at weddings? Come on. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. He also, uh, I understand from that wedding, uh, baked the cake, uh, cleared the tables afterwards, <laughs> bartend, and then took one of the bridesmaids home. Wow. Nice job. Well played, Bruce Dickinson. Very good. Good call there. Uh, and fi- I thought we were going to hear him like sing like Endless Love or uh, How Deep Is Your Love for the Bee Gees. That would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal if they did that. Uh, if they... If they did in September, like that would be just great. If you just had them walk out on stage for a second. <laughs> All right. Finally, dancing to Iron Maiden. Maybe you remember this. This is something I think a lot of people should know, but they don't necessarily know the sketch and they know how the sketch went and they can probably remember lines from it, but they don't necessarily know the tie into Iron Maiden. But you remember Christopher Walken's character on Saturday Night Live when it came time for more cowbell? Remember that episode where he's supposedly the guy who's producing a Blue Oyster Cult record? Don't remember? Let's listen in here and see if you recognize where maybe the Iron Maiden tie-in might be on some level here. After a series of staggering defeats, Blue Oyster Cult assembled in the recording studio in late 1976 for a session with famed producer Bruce Dickinson. And luckily for us, the cameras were rolling. All right, guys. I think we're ready to lay this first track down. By the way, my name is Bruce Dickinson. Yes, the Bruce Dickinson. And I gotta tell you, fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. Coming from you, Bruce, that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're Bruce Dickinson. This is incredible. I can't believe Bruce Dickinson digs our sound. Easy, guys. <laughs> I put my pants on, just like the rest of you, one leg at a time. Except once my pants are on, I make gold records. <laughs> yes, Bruce Dickinson making his way into... although. Technically, as we understand it, Bruce Dickinson has been asked about that numerous times, and Bruce Dickinson's answer has been, yeah, that's me, but I didn't have anything to do with that album. That's the answer that he, the real Bruce Dickinson, gives when he's asked about that scene from Saturday Night Live. It's it's interesting that they referenced Bruce and the band on SNL, because I find Iron Maiden is like, I don't know, they're the most like un-mainstream, mainstream band in, in like rock metal history. Like it's like they're not Metallica. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody likes Metallica. Everybody likes a Metallica song. Everybody knows Metallica. I don't know. Iron Maiden just isn't that. And maybe that's their appeal. 
I think you're right. I think there's a part of that that is sort of the they've remained underground, like they haven't been that mainstream kind of success, right? Like Metallica, you know, if you have Sandman or Until It Sleeps, you know that those are songs that everybody's heard from ball games to you know top forty radio for the most part. Maiden songs were never quite like that, but there's still a huge following for the band and a diehard following. I I almost liken Maiden that way, and this is probably going to piss some people off, and I'm sorry, but I liken Maiden that way to almost like Dungeons & Dragons fans, right? There is a definitive passion about it. There is a people will that are in that group, that are in that cluster... I don't know why I'm thinking all of a sudden of Renaissance Fair people, but that could be a part of it too. But there are diehards that are into that, right, Mike? And so I feel like that's the same thing with Maiden fans. Maybe they don't have that mainstream success. Maybe you're not going to hear their song every third time on classic rock radio, but it is definitively a big band to follow, and there's a huge following for them. Yeah, and they will, def- you're right, defend the band and screw you if you don't like it because right. we love them. You know, right. And it's, they're our guys, they're our band. Screw you. They're the best. You don't get our band, man. You don't get them. You're not metal enough. Metal. All right. And that. You don't get it. We don't want you. Yeah. And that is Today You Learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today, today, today you learned. Well, and listen, as popular as Maiden is, they did not have a. Not a single Iron Maiden song has ever charted within the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 ever. Never. It just hasn't happened. Now, listen, that's the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. That's, you know, Michael Jackson dominated that for a while. Whitney Houston dominated that for a while. So, of course, you don't necessarily align Iron Maiden with those kinds of acts. That said, uh, they did have their highest ranking song in all of their songs through U.S. play here. That's the only way that I can make a reference to it, Mike. Um, This hit... This number eight number on the eight. rock charts, the Billboard charts. U.S. rock charts. This hit number eight. It's the number three song that we're going to be playing here on the Mount Rushmore of Iron Maiden. This, again, the highest ranking. And this isn't even one of my favorites. I mean, this is a great song. Personally, not one of my favorites. But this is their top ranking, highest charting song in the U.S. This, the number three song on the Mount Rushmore of Iron Maiden is Flight of Icarus here on Mount Rushmore.
Although the band never, never really, they had different opinions over that song. They weren't all in favor of that song from the get-go. It did help Iron Maiden get to a wider audience, especially in the U.S. with with the chorus of, of, of Flight of Icarus there. Big time uh, was right around the corner for Iron Maiden just to come from that. But, but Mike, even... Even legends like Maiden, who defined, in my mind's eye, like metal guitar duo axe slingers, they they have songs that didn't quite make the Mount Rockmore cut, and it's time for us to pay our due to those songs who almost made it onto the Mount Rushmore of Iron Maiden. Out of the, well, I guess we'll call it a ballad, Ballad Plains, lies the scorched remains of Wasting Love. And... If you're confused by the echoes from the who's that guy era, I advise you to turn away from the vultures picking away at the corpse of Wrathchild in the Dickinsonless Valley. Now, back to the mountainside. But before we go there, Mike, I've got a quick game for you. I don't know. Did you up there in Canada where you are? Did you guys ever have match game up there? Oh yeah, we, we. I mean, we we basically, especially here in Windsor, live on uh, U.S. TV. So okay, I was gonna we're, say we're uh, we're familiar with Matt. I was gonna say it's not like you're in Romania. I don't know what I'm why I'm asking you. Like you're some third world country. Do you guys do you guys have TV in Canada there, Mike? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> color too. Color TV is maybe here. Yeah, uh, boy, that was kind of a dick move on my behalf. I apologize for that. Um, we're gonna play. You and I are gonna well, play. Thinks it's snowing here right now. The listening from the United States. Oh my god. Is, is, is he under six feet of snow? No, it's still fall. It's about seventy degrees here. Well, you know, hold on a second. Hold on. I have a quick. That's that brings up a good point here. Before we get to the game, uh, tell tell me the 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 top three things that Americans have completely mistaken about Canada. Oh wow! So I would say number one is that it's snowing there all the time, right? It's the same thing that anybody else in the country down here thinks California is just full of beaches. It's all beaches everywhere you go. It's not like that. That's not the way it works. Yeah, that Pam Anderson's running around in a red right. bathing suit, that orange flotation device on every beach everywhere. Right. Yeah, there are stereotypes about Canada, and I would say number one is the weather, right? Like we had uh, you know, a buddy of mine work at the border, and we had some U.S. citizens, I'm not sure where they were from, come through the border, and they're like, uh, it was July, and they're like, where are you going? Oh, we're going skiing. Well, there's no mountains <laughs> or snow around here. You're going to have to go a long way. Hopefully, you're, you're on your way to uh, northern Yukon. Right. In the Northwest Territories or something because there's that. So it's the weather that is not always cold here. We do have summer here, especially in the banana belt here in Windsor, Ontario, which is, you know, south of a lot of different states. Absolutely. I mean, and listen, you guys are so kind. I hope you sat there and, and broke down. Okay, let me tell you how weather works and then and explain to those people trying to cross the border what hemispheres are all about. Because if you don't get that, it becomes a bit of a challenge if you've got your parka and your ski boots ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else? What else can we tell you? We are very polite. That is true. And I think Canadians are known for that. Yeah. We are very polite people. And I think that's one of the reasons why COVID-19 and the coronavirus has uh, really gotten under control here is because we're very polite. Oh, well, well, Trudeau, the prime minister said I shouldn't go out and I should social distance <laughs> and I should wear my mask. So I guess I will. Yeah. I don't want to make anybody upset. Yeah. <laughs> what, what else am I going to do? So I'll go for it. I'll stick with this for a little bit. 
Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Um, you know, one thing is kind of interesting, and, and this kind of ties into Iron Maiden being uh, a United Kingdom band. Yeah. We are part of the Commonwealth, so technically we have a governor general who is ahead of our prime minister, who is the ruler of the nation, but basically now just signs off on stuff. Okay, gotcha. But if I wanted to move to another Commonwealth country, Great Britain, Australia, uh, there's a beautiful island of the Caribbean, Turks and Caicos. Yes. I can just go there, and I'm welcome, and I don't have to do any immigration stuff. Wow. I'm like, I'm part of the Commonwealth. Look at me. I'm from Canada. I'm living here now. Nice. Well, what you, I'm not sure that you're aware of this, but on the back of your neck, I can see it from here. You, there's like a, they, they branded it on you, so you don't need a, the passport. It's just as soon as you turn around, they can all see you're part of the Commonwealth, and the next thing you know, you're in. So that's good news. I like that. Yeah, uh, that, okay. is, uh, that is very true. Uh, and I will also say this. You guys have some funny as hell people up there. And, I, and I'm not being, the, I mean, like literally, you know, uh, SCTV people, people like Rick Moranis, others, John Candy. I mean, there are some funny, funny people and, and comedians from up that way that I don't think enough people give credit to. Oh, let me ask you one more. Who's a... Uh, who who are the the three in in the all time Canada top notch? Like if I told you that Michael Jackson was one of the greatest American music stars down here, who are the three biggest Canadian stars? Just straight up Canadian stars. And if you tell me Pam Anderson, I'm gonna laugh you off TV here. There's just there's no way. Oh, that was my first answer. It's still on my mind from five minutes ago. So yeah, and you know what? Who does Canada think of the three biggest Canadian stars? Oh, that's geez! Wow. Don't give me Nickelback. Do not give Mel, me Nickelback. Mel Rockmore, Canadian Star Edition, or something, because that's that's tough. Because see, there there's two types of Canadian stars. Okay. And here in Windsor, we're very um, very Americanized. We're not right. really Canada. We're not really Canadian. We're kind of half and half here. But if you go into real Canada, there are Canadian stars, and then there are the crossover international stars. Okay. You're Michael J. Fox. Okay. You know, Mike Myers. Right. Uh, you know, Lorne Michaels, SNL, all the names that everybody knows that, you know, I didn't know they were Canadian. But then you get the stars that are just big in Canada. There's a band, and you might have heard them because I know you're so involved in music, the Tragically Hip. Yes. Huge band. Yes. Huge yes. here in Canada. In the U.S., eh. Eh, minimal success. Yeah, some alternative uh, radio play. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Bare Naked Ladies, which yeah. are Canadian, which everyone knows in the U.S. Rush, everyone yes. knows. How about Kim Mitchell, another rock legend, Canadian? You know, you might know a song or two, but, you know, Canada, legend. All over, Anne yeah. And Murray. Oh, oh, Anne Murray is like the queen <laughs> of Canada. She is Canadian royalty. Is that right? That's oh, awesome. God. That is awesome. And uh, uh, please tell me that Nickelback is not taken seriously up there. Uh, no, Nickelback is uh, kind of a national embarrassment, and we don't really <laughs> want to claim them, but they do. Uh, they are from, from Canada. So if you're talking about biggest Canadian stars, and you know another Canadian star who you go to the sports world who you know has crossed over a yeah. bit to the U.S., and really, um, you know, had some controversy a few months ago and is no longer like anywhere now. He was doing a podcast. Don Cherry, the hockey commentator. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Time, could, 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 could have run for political office and, and done quite well. And, you know, in this PC era, uh, he was never PC and right. kind of always said was on his mind, which was a lot of the appeal of Don Cherry. And, uh, you know, he, he just was right near the top of, of Canadian royalty and Canadian, uh, 
Canadian celebrities, but really no more. So I don't know the top three of all time. I don't know. That's a tough one, Mikey, to think about all the Canadian legends over the years. I mean, you got Jim Carrey too. Yeah. Another Canadian, Dan Aykroyd, you know? Nice. Well, there's, look, you got, Sarah you got McLaughlin. me. The, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and you got me with I the Anne Marie. I got... doesn't want to cry in an animal commercial <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> some Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. And I you know, the channel. I always thought like, that's, that's just such the move to like play something so sappy over the, the dogs and the slow motion. And then my six year old daughter came into bed crying one morning because she'd seen that commercial. I'm like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? This, sh- this shit works. There's no way this works. What are you, are you insane? It, it works. You had, you had anything. You add Sarah McLaughlin's song to to anything, yeah, and it'll make you cry. It could be a Viagra commercial, footage. yeah. It could just be a Viagra, Viagra commercial. commercial, yeah. Whatever. It's kind of like adding a laugh track, one of the the sitcom laugh tracks yeah. to any video. It'll make you laugh at it. It becomes funny all of a sudden, right? You if add you, Sarah McLaughlin. You you're cry. saying if you took a Sarah McLaughlin song and used that as the soundtrack for a street a Three Stooges clip, you would cry rather than laugh at the Three Stooges. Yes. Oh my God! Look at it. he hit him on the head again. It's <laughs> so the violent. Eye. Why is Mo so mean? Oh, how do I get them my money now? What is up with Curly's hair? Do you see how mad it is? He must not be eating healthy food. <laughs> Nobody see, grooming instant, instant him. Cry. <laughs> Instant cry, uh, and uh, and if you had Sarah McLaughlin sing an Iron Maiden song, oh. it would instantly become a wedding song classic, and like fathers and daughters would be dancing to it regardless of the lyrics. My and mind, it's Sarah McLaughlin mode, just blown right there, K Cut, just blown right there. One of our favorite uh, celebrities uh, from Canada, and you might not know this, he is also known uh, for his uh, great character, one of the great movies, Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you got. You've definitely got to make that claim on Ryan Reynolds. hundred percent. No, that is definitively and, true. Um, Justin Bieber. You know what? He's yours. Take him. Uh, we we don't we. I I don't want him here any longer. Let's play a little match game. Here's what I've done. I have written down my okay. answers to this. Since there's only the two of us and we don't have six panel members here to work with, and. You know, we invited Lisa to be here today. Technically, I didn't invite Lisa to be here today, but uh, it'll just be you and I. So I've written down my answers to these questions, and I will find out from you if we match up. So you've got to just try to match what you think I would give to these answers, all right? Here we go. Okay. Match game. This is the first ever Mount Rockmore match game. I've written down my answers. Mike Haycock, you give me yours. Who would you least want to see in the octagon? Ozzy Osbourne, Rob Halford, or Bruce Dickinson? I've written down my answer. Please write down yours. Oh, I don't give you my answer? No, you write it down. Nobody can see us, by the way. This is just all an audio podcast, but I can see you on your computer. Who would you least want to see in the octagon? Ozzy Osbourne, Rob Halford, or Bruce Dickinson? Here we go. Next question. Which looks more like Bruce Dickinson? A Shih Tzu, a Poodle, or a Yorkshire Terrier? Write down your answer, please. And lastly, I have all my answers written down. Mike is trying to match my answers. Did Bruce Dickinson make bangs cool? Yes or no? Did Bruce Dickinson make bangs cool? Lead singer for Iron Maiden. Yes 
or no. All right, Mike, here we go. On to first question. Who do you want to see least in the octagon? Ozzy, Rob Halford, or Bruce Dickinson? What's your answer? What's your answer? I'm going to go Ozzy. You're going to go Ozzy Osbourne. That is, by the way, 100% right. I also have Ozzy Osbourne down here. Why? Because he bit the head off a bat. Like, look. Okay. Not only do we match answers, that's the reason yes. I had in my brain of why I wouldn't want Ozzy in the ring, and I wouldn't want Sharon yelling from outside the oh. ring as his manager at me. You are not kidding with that. That would be so annoying, and then you're not paying attention, and he bites something off. That's exactly how I see that going down. Okay, so we're one for one on this so far. Which looks more like Bruce Dickinson? A Shih Tzu, a Poodle, or a Yorkshire Terrier? What is your answer, sir? I went, uh, I went York Yorkshire Terrier. Yes. Yes. Yorkshire Terrier. I've got it too. We're two for two. I think the bangs that Bruce Dickinson is well known for here. He's not one of those guys who did the full on like Axl Rose, big, long hair the whole way around. No, no, no. He stuck with the half bowl cut, almost like a mullet. You know, it was like the bowl cut around the front and then the long all around the sides there. To me, that just screams Yorkie. So I, I went with Yorkie on that as well. And you, you said you have a Yorkie, correct? <laughs> Yeah, Lulu, she's just uh, sitting over uh, behind me right now having a little nap. And uh, so, you know, it's like one of those things. Anybody. It's like Lulu. <laughs> and I'll say this. So if, we'll go with Bruce. Like if, if I went with, if I bought if I got a Yorkie, I'd name it Bruce Dickinson. Male or female. Yeah, male or female. It would be oh, Bruce Dickinson. Follow Bruce the Yorkie on Instagram. <laughs> All right, here we go. Last question. Did Bruce Dickinson make bangs cool? Yes or no? Playing match game here with Mike Haycock. Yes or no? Did Bruce Dickinson make bangs cool? I said no. No one can make bangs cool on a dude. Oh. Sorry, you were incorrect on that one. I, I listen, I would nine times out of ten argue the fact that I think bangs are never cool. However, Bruce Dickinson makes bangs pretty cool there's nobody else you can say that about you can't say that about any joey whatever his name was uh that used to have the bowl haircut back in the 80s on the television shows you can't none of those people can make bangs cool bruce dickinson alone you couple that with the giant belt buckle and eddie on the front of it from iron maiden concerts that is cool plus at any moment's notice bruce dickinson i feel like on stage could kill you if he needed to if he wanted to he could kill anybody. Any of his bandmates at any time during a show, an Iron Maiden show, are very much aware that Bruce Dickinson could kill them in a moment with bangs. And then for the rest of their, well, life, but technically in death, they would have been killed by a guy with bangs, and nobody wants to go through that. So, yes, I think Bruce Dickinson made bangs cool. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay. All right. I was thinking more like, you know, Owen Wilson. Yeah, he's got bangs <laughs> going in, uh, well, in some of his films. Even the aforementioned Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, he had kind of oh. the Bruce Dickinson bangs there. And uh, classic, don't get me wrong, but I think that if it were not for Bruce Dickinson, that would never have flown for Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, th- and another Canadian reference there in uh, in Jim Carrey. Yes. So we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. As uh, speaking on behalf of uh, all Canadians everywhere, all uh, I don't know how many thirty five million of us. There's the fact. There's thirty five million nice. Canadians. Like the amount of people that are like in what in one state, like in California. Yeah, we're spread out everywhere. Well, you guys, uh, you you have uh, you have some property up there. That's good. That's good to know. And it's not on fire like California. So that's also good to know. Do you guys just a quick another quick Canada question? Do you guys ever get forest fires up there? Oh yeah, out in uh, Alberta, we had a big one in Fort McMurray, actually, which is a uh, big industrial town, and they had a huge one a few years ago. It was big time, uh, one of the big national stories of the year. Wow, really? And uh, that's oil country up there. And there's some issue I, I don't slightly really flammable. Exactly then yeah, there. yeah. That makes sense. A little flammable, yep. Little so we got issues fight. out there, out in BC, more on the west coast here in Ontario. Not many forest fires here with the uh, the climate we have, but uh, you know, everybody stop with the gender reveal parties and lighting off fireworks <laughs> and stuff, and stop burning down forests. How about that? Uh, I used to love when a gender reveal party was called birth. That's when you knew. Yeah, when the baby was exactly. born. When you light up the cigar in the in the uh, in the waiting room, right. and, then, and then you find out when the doctor tells you because you're right there. Hey, it's a boy. Oh, cool. Good thing I didn't have to spend <laughs> all of that money on a to. on a gender reveal party and cocktails and snacks, and I didn't have to do any of that. I just waited for the delivery to make sure that I was able to tell what sex my baby was. Thanks, Doc. I appreciate it. Those were the good old days, yeah, Mike. Let me tell you that. All right, before I yell at anybody to get off my media. front lawn. Um, we're going to come right back here. We'll have the final song that we're going to carve into the face of Mount Rushmore. Are you ready for it? You, I can see on your face you're already feeling guilty because you're thinking of all of the other songs that you could pick, and you've only got one left to choose from here. This, this makes me feel incredibly guilty. So I'm going to go um, – we'll take a break here. I'm going to go punch myself in the scrotum a few times to make myself feel better about this. See if I can't fix this feeling I've got deep in my chest here uh, by a few uh, punches to the scrotum. When we return here on Mount Rockmore. It's hard enough to drink until the endless hours of the morning if you are a celebrity. I mean, how much is a world-class athlete supposed to find much-needed time for the little boys' room? Hi, I'm Coach running back Dominic Rose, and when I drunkenly stumble out of a bar at 3 o'clock in the morning, after holding my whiz for hours, I need some urinary relief. That's why I use Manti Liners. I can just go when I'm on the go. Countless hours of Manti Liners rigorous urine stream testing have proven me, my girlfriend, my entire posse, and the whole Colts offensive line take a leak in my box of briefs and leave no unsightly wet marks. But don't take my word for it. Manti liners have been tested by some of Hollywood's hardest drinkers, like Tara Reid. Oh my god. I just puked in Dominic Rodeo's underpants and there's no leakage. And with the odor absorption, you can't even smell that I just pound 13 apple teenies. And Black Eyed Peas star Fergie. Um, actually, I've never heard of Manti liners. Oh yeah, Fergie, um, we know. Don't feel like you have to hold your bladder like a camel anymore. Finally, you can drink Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton under the table and not have to worry about burdening your bladder or khakis again. Get my Dominic Rose Manti liners today because you don't have the time and cop cars don't have the absorption. 
breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. You are a smelly pirate hooker. That's uncalled for. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is Mount Rockmore. I am Bauer. That is Mike Kaycock. He is up in uh, in Ontario, Canada. He's right across the bridge. One of my favorite Mexican restaurants, by the way, was on the Detroit side of the bridge between Windsor and Detroit there. It was literally in this kind of rundown neighborhood. It was the best Mexican food I've ever had in my life. Some of the best margaritas that I've ever had there. And, uh, and I miss it desperately, although I don't miss the lack of road work this time of year uh, in Detroit when it comes to the potholes, the bad roads all around that part of the town. You guys have better work on that in, in, in Canada than we had in Detroit, correct? Oh, uh, the road work? Yeah. Or is it is it bad in no, Canada too? No, no, we got the same issues here, and it's Son all getting the, done right now yeah. before uh, before the snow starts tomorrow. You know, we're uh, we're trying to get all the road work done and all the <laughs> potholes filled in and stuff. And I know what you speak of the Mexican town in Detroit. Yes, is outstanding. Yes, and you go into the neighborhood and you wouldn't think you even want to be there. No, and you go in and uh, it's it's the best. And there's like a group of all these Mexican yes. restaurants in 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 downtown Detroit in the. Shadows of the Ambassador Bridge. Yes. Mocos, does that one sound familiar? That sounds very familiar to me, yes. And, and I'll say this, when I had gone out further, of course, when I had gone you know, out into the Burbs area or out towards Royal Oak or made my way up towards Birmingham or whatever, uh, the Mexican food, when they bring out the salsa, it's just ketchup with an onion in it. Like That's the extent of what you're getting out there. It, it is the whitest excuse for salsa ever. So to go down on that side of the Ambassador Bridge just before you're making your way over uh, into Windsor had the best Mexican food I've ever had. Absolutely delicious. I mean, bar none. And I grew up in California, so I, I know of which I speak. And that was some top-notch stuff down there. That's outstanding. And if you ever want to come to Canada, in Windsor in particular, we are known here, believe it or not. Everybody thinks poutine or right. Tim Hortons, Molson, Labatt, all that stuff. Pizza in Windsor Ooh. is some of the best in the world that you will get. It's not deep dish. It's actually very flat crust. Okay. There's a huge Italian uh, population here, immigration that came from Italy. So pizza in Windsor is where you got to go. Nice. All right. Uh, you know what? You are. I've sold. I'm sold. I get to go there. I get to have some pizza, uh, snow, I got and a some spare Labatt's. bedroom for you. Nice. I'm I'm there. As soon as I get my key from the prime minister, I'm coming. That's uh, that's that's all I need. We're good to go. You make that happen for me, Mike. <laughs> you, you I'm working on it as we speak. I'm talking to the uh, the uh, to the immigration people nice. in the consulate right now. That's good. All right, final song on the list here, the last one. And I know this is one that's on your list. This is one that's on my list. This is one that we know Maiden named a beer after. And it wasn't just naming a beer after it. It was Bruce Dickinson getting in with, I'm sure, some sort of chemical degree that he has. Some chemistry. I don't know what the hell. I mean, he's got everything going for him. The man can sword fight, amongst other things. So he's a pretty much a pirate. I'm, I guess I'm just trying to say that he's a pirate. So he can make any kind of alcohol. In He's like the MacGyver of alcohol making. But he made a beer called the Trooper Ale. And thus we get... We don't get this... We don't get this uh, sort of bubblegummy song from Iron Maiden here. You don't get anything that was trying to match up to some of the pop rock type of crap that MTV was popping out at the time. Yet this video was still one of the more popular videos for Iron Maiden. And when you hear just the drumming percussion in this song alone, uh, this 
puts the trooper, which could have easily been the only song we would have put on an Iron Maiden Mount Rockmore. Uh, this puts a solidification on it being number four. Your thoughts on the trooper, Mike? It doesn't. It doesn't get any better than this, does it? I mean, this is it. I know. I know. You said before that you know the fact that. Um, you know, just that there, there's well, your job every week when you do this podcast, I don't know how you narrow it down to four. And it's tough with Iron Maiden. Too, right. But I, I mean, this has got to be this is tough to be on the Mount Rockmore board of the of the top four. Yeah, I usually this is the place I start from and I work my way back. And so I feel confident having the trooper there. But once you get through all of them and then you start to remember when I'm in the commercial break, oh, man, there's that song or there's that one or there's that or there's and you start to remember all these other ones that could very well be in the place. But you didn't make that decision. That's where the guilt really starts to kick in. I don't feel guilty about this song. Some of the others I'm, I, I'm not that confident with. But this one, this one, I am 100 percent over the top with to me this may be the best iron maiden song certainly uh has earned its spot as the fourth and final one on your iron maiden mount rockmore
while the band were receiving criticism from Sh- Sharon Osbourne, we talked about Ozzy before. We were talking about the Octagon thing. Uh, Sharon Osbourne, back in 2005, Iron Maiden was on tour with Ozfest, and that didn't go over very well. Sharon Osbourne spent a lot of time there trying to attack the band uh, for disrespecting the American troops. When they would come out and they would do the trooper, you would have Bruce Dickinson with the flag, the British flag come out there. He'd wave the flag all around. It was a pretty big thing to have the Union flag out there. But at the time, when you had uh, the the fighting alongside the British in Iraq, American troops there, waving the flag didn't sit well for some reason with Sharon Osbourne. She started criticizing them. Uh, Classic Rock Magazine supported the band by pointing out that the song subject of the trooper had no relation to military activity then taking place in the Middle East whatsoever. So kind of hammering Sharon. So just, I'm sure, listen, Sharon wanted control over everything. Everything Aussie related, everything Ozfest related. She just wanted some control over, I'm sure, Iron Maiden going out there with a flag and maybe you should have the American flag going. I bet you it was all about marketing for Sharon. Oh, Sharon. I didn't know we were talking about Ozzy and Sharon so much on the podcast. I didn't either. Who knew? There was a bunch of ties. I could tell you that when I did the Judas Priest uh, Mount Rockmore, Judas Priest hated Iron Maiden. They took Iron Maiden out on one of their first tours that were opening up. And as I understand it, the guys in Maiden were kind of a bunch of big assholes to Judas Priest. Wanted everything, demanded everything. But now, look, they have their own plane they're flying around on. I don't think Rob Halford can say the same thing. He's got a Harley he can ride occasionally, and that's about it. So... That, that is about it. Well, you know, you got to think, uh, you know, you talk about the band uh, Iron Maiden and, you know, we referenced at the beginning, like 23 different members of this band since 1975, Damn. 13 different lineups. I mean, that's insane. You know, when, when you change just one piece, especially the lead singer, yes. they keep, keep changing, you know, Bruce, obviously the main dude, but. You know, and yeah. they survive for this long. It's it's crazy, but there must be a lot of drama, obviously, amongst this group. Yeah, you know, with to, to have people go in and out, and you know, I don't like you, so you're gone. We're gonna get somebody else, so you're gone. And and the crazy. one so thing, the one thing that remains is Eddie. Eddie is the one thing that is tried and true there. Made his first debut on an album cover in 1980. He's kind of the sixth member of the band, if you will. Appearances at all the live shows. First time he was out, he was a papier-mâché head that was spitting blood. That's how the first Eddie came to fruition there on stage for the guys. Uh, And Gibson, the guitar company, back in 2008, described Eddie as the most recognizable metal icon in the world and one of the most versatile ones as well. So um, many versions of Eddie. Do you have... Mike, do you have a, a, a favorite version of Eddie? Is there an Eddie that you can think of that stands out in your mind and just rings true on some level? Well, I do like when he appears on stage, and I guess sometimes that has been played in the past by their manager. Yes, who's yes. Who's like an Eddie costume, which I, which I think is pretty cool, and I'm sure he, he enjoys it and maybe was a mascot in his uh, you know previous life uh, at, a, at a ballpark, maybe the San Diego Chicken or something <laughs> right, like that. Right, right. Or the Stamford uh, tree say, or whatever the hell it is that they've got out there. They've got like a pine tree or something that they do. Can you do a Mount Rockmore best mascots ever? <laughs> Philly Fanatics, San Diego Chicken, you know, the list goes on. Um, and uh, I'll say the one on the plane. I'm on... on uh, yes! The one on the tail Ed of Force the uh, the Ed Force One, the plane that they've got out there. I, uh, I think my, my favorite Eddie is the one where... Uh, 
it's the it's the the blonde it's the it's the eddie that's got like the really the face that's really kind of sunken and looks like it, it just walked out of a, a graveyard with the the long blonde hair where um uh it's on it's on a lot of the uh, no, I don't... books it's a big trump supporter that that one that um oh well i i no i think uh i don't know maybe you had too much uh, trooper beer i think you're thinking of ann Coulter. oh 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 you know what you uh that's the the one who's on TV a lot and talks really yeah, loudly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, that is, boy, I'm embarrassed now. Uh, too, too much, too much. Uh, Trooper Ale, much that'll do it. Today. Yeah, all right. Well, I am thoroughly embarrassed. I believe there's going to be some more scrotum punching when I'm done with this. But uh, Mike Kaycock, uh, tell us where we can listen to you on our iHeartRadio app. How do we get a hold of you and listen to your show Monday through Friday? All right, on the 50,000-watt blowtorch, JM800, Windsor, Ontario, the legendary call letter CKLW. You can listen to us. Just ask, uh, tune in to play us or your uh, smart speaker to play AM800, and you will hear myself, my co-host Lisa, and a cast of thousands bringing the latest in infotainment from uh, Windsor, Ontario. And once in a while, maybe once or twice a week, you might hear Mike Bauer. Occasionally. Uh, yeah. Every time I get a chance, I'm definitely. One of these days, I'm just going to show up out in front, and I'll be sitting there with some Tim Hortons ready to go. That that would be uh, that would be outstanding, and uh, you know, or or fill in for me on vacation. We can still call it the Mike and Lisa show. Yeah, that also, works out, doesn't it? That's nicely. good. That yep. is good. Absolutely. All right, <laughs> I will say that. Thank you so much for hanging out and talking Maiden with me. I also uh, am going to just put this as an open invitation for when we do Rush, uh, Lover Boy, and when we do Triumph. Uh, maybe even a uh, Helix. Maybe. I don't know if there's enough songs that we can do a Helix one. But wow, impressive, impressive knowledge of the Canadian rock industry. <laughs> if you know Helix, a heavy metal love, baby. That is uh, that's the one that gets my leather pants on. And uh, to all of you troopers out there, if you hate my picks, think you could do better, well, make sure you tweet me at Mount Rockmore, M T R O C K M O R E, and let me know. I might need you to do what K Cuck did and help me coast co-host one of these uh, very shows here. And and for those of you who knew that Maiden frontman Bruce Dickinson helped produce Smash Mouth's All-Star, first of all, go ahead and bleach your mouth, eyes, and ears out. And then... Hey now, you're an just Get tell your fellow Mike's mouth is dropped wide open. Yes, he helped produce All-Star from Smash, Smash Mouth. Uh, then... You know what? That song. I do too. Uh, just make sure after you bleach everything, go tell your friends all about us here. Subscribe, and we're going to be right here for your 40th high school reunion road trip. Until next time, I'm Bauer from Mount Rockmore. See ya.